is the ability to get out in shorter time frames if need be. That's just one aspect of risk. There are many other things that it encompasses. So with that being said, why would you, how could you, <laughs> how could you frame this that you're benefiting somebody, especially somebody that doesn't have a lot of money? How could you say that you're benefiting somebody by, by, by limiting their ability to get out of a trade? That is just the most, it's such a backwards concept, especially for anybody who understands markets. So where I ran into this rule, uh, if you go listen to my story on my podcast, is when I uh, first started trading, 2008. Uh, I started trading and after I learned it, I was day trading, whatever. After I learned it, I, um, I decided to, you know, like, give it a, a full shot, start going in, start making this money. And I was pretty good at reading price action from the beginning and just getting out. I would trade, I would do everything that they said not to do at the beginning. And, and uh, up until I you know, became an algorithmic trader, it was the best thing that ever worked for me. And that's just right there. It tells you how life is. I traded penny stocks, like literally is like I traded serious rate, anything that was five cents, 10 cents, that type of stuff. I traded penny stocks. I traded in and out the daytime and I traded directly off price action and I had a great record and I made tons of money. <laughs> and I remember when I left my job, I had that good run. I left my job. I started trading. And um, before that, I realized it, but I was like, there's no way. I thought it was like a broker specific thing. So I went to another broker thinking that, oh, I can just trade here. I didn't, I didn't, I was ignorant to know that this rule is across the whole market. Like every broker has to follow this rule of letting you make these trades. So I went to another broker and I'll never forget the day. Um, it was like right after I left the job and it was like, I left maybe on a, a Monday or Tuesday. And that Friday, I'll never forget it. I was day trading and I had gone over um, the, I was trying to manage it, but I had gone over uh, the four trades and I had committed the fifth trade maybe about $400, $300 in on that Friday day trading. So I made about three, $400 and I had uh, gone over. And I'll never forget, I was like, I just remember saying to myself, this is bullshit. Why do you, like, why are people always tying your hands when you're trying to come up in society, like under this guise of helping me? Like you're not helping me. Everything you do is just slowing my progress down. I, I'm not gonna complain. Let me make, I'm a, I'm a man and I'm a human being. Let me make my decisions. That frustration, you can hear it in my voice. It played out. So I'm like, this is such bullshit. But I told myself, I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just, I've already suspended. Might as well just go for it now because it's not going to register to the end of the day. So I'll never forget it because I just kept trading that way. I just kept trading, trading, trading all day. And I made $900, right? I made $900 and I'll never forget it. Um, I, I got up and uh, that day I was with my nephew. I remember I took him to the store with me on one, where was I? I think I, I forget exactly where I was at, but I was in Manhattan and I went to the store and I bought some sneakers, right? It was just like a little accomplishment for my trading and just to, you know, kind of keep me inspired. I went there and I bought some sneakers. And I'll never forget it, getting the, the message at the end of the day that we have suspended your account for 90 days. And I'm like, now I can't trade for 90 days. It was like, it was just the, the, the perfect storm of like what I'm explaining to you. Like literally, I had an ability that, that made me about 40K in a couple months, get, allowed me to just leave my job, take this risk. I trade, and then I'm making $900 in one day, and you're telling me that you're stopping me because I don't have 25,000. Just to give you some rules, some specifics of the rule, uh, it's called the day trader pattern rule. And if you don't have under 25,000, they consider you an unsophisticated 
trader. Yes, you don't have, you're not sophisticated enough unless you have money. Because clearly, only people with money are sophisticated. And these people are obviously more intelligent than you are and, and are more equipped to protect themselves. Being that you're on the come up, you're clearly an idiot and not capable of making a rational decision that could possibly be in your best interest. This is, and I know you guys are probably laughing listening to this, but this is what's written in thousands of places in society. You just got to look and open your mind. So I remember doing this and then going to futures. And it was so crazy because uh, futures, they let you do this. If futures, anybody knows futures contracts, these are like leverage contracts that are insane and they move so much that it's like, wow, the leverage is not as good as Forex, which they tell you is more dangerous, which is actually the best product you could trade. And this is like more and more of the information where everything they're scaring you of, either they're banning you from doing it or, or discouraging you until people start to flock to it. And if they make money, they'll just ban it. <laughs> which you see in 2012, which the Dodd-Frank just banned a lot of things that are helpful to people that are coming up. That's why you'll, you won't find, put in BitMEX, you won't find any positive press on this guy. And he had, and no, which, which you won't find are customers complaining, like all of their agencies and regulatory people complaining left and right, being abused and stolen from. My sister's first experience was with a big bank. She got in, she was a lawyer, 23, 24 years old, gave $10,000 to the people, major company, JP Morgan, one of those type of places, the lady lost all the money and just said, oh, tough luck, you know? So this happens all the time. So you, but, but simultaneously bashing BitMEX while letting you get robbed at their agencies. Right now, bashing BitMEX, but then they're gonna let Coinbase, a place they can regulate tax and just screw you over, they're gonna allow them to do it, them to step into the space. So there's always somebody willing to work with these people that will step into the space, but you know, it's, you know, that's what makes it tough for everybody else. So the day trader rule is just one example of the insanity. And I'm giving you a personal example of how it stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. I went to futures and I realized how dangerous it was. It was like literally just make so much loose. I was like, why would they let me do this? I remember right away, like, why can't I do this? This seems like some something I should need, almost need a license for, but they won't let me day trade stocks. Stocks move in a, relati a relatively uh, calmer pattern. Now, obviously, the, the volatility varies stock to stock, but generally speaking, the pace of it compared to the pace of a futures contract and the leverage attached to it is so much safer. It was like, it should be the exact opposite. So over the years, I remember hearing about options and, and currency markets and the complexity of it and the danger of it. Ultimately, years later, realizing that this is it controlled my risk more better, I mean, like better than any other product. So I give that as an example. I'm not going to go too deep into my trading experiences, but you can tell that I'm a person who uh, was a regular person, right? I was in the matrix. I was looking for just more freedom. I wanted to have more time to work out, more time to meditate, more time to learn, more time to be with my family. I wanted to empower myself. I started studying and finding things that could potentially help me do this. Now, all my adult life, nobody ever came to me. Nobody was ever concerned with me. Nobody ever gave me all this information that I needed to do all the things that I actually eventually did. Whether it was the uh, cardiovascular exercise, uh, hitting PDF before I hit something to search for it to find more relevant uh, research work, and thousands of other little loopholes and tricks that I found within society. So financially, when I found these things, I could quickly see what was potentially profitable and I could use to my benefit and what wasn't. And over the years, the pattern that you see is when things are really good, they're just gonna like eventually, they'll they talk it down, like Bitcoin. Like I was posting Bitcoin on Twitter, 2011, 2012. 
I wish I'd have bought more. And, you know, they'll bash it, but you know how many people literally changed their whole life, you know, with Bitcoin? Like, people that bought it at the, the prices that I'm talking about, $10, $20, and shit went up to, into the thousands, which it is now. You could have sold it now, or you could have sold it a couple years ago, and made, I just changed the whole life. So, they bash it, and then now they're going to take over the whole industry. Now you see Facebook going to have this Libra coin and everything, and, and people will use that, not knowing that it's run by the same hundred people. It's just, I'm not gonna get into it. But, you know, the point is that they scare you through fear. So these regulations that we can't have this high leverage thing. So you're not, this guy, you can't have it because he's made it simple and accessible. That's why they don't want it. It's simple and accessible for people to use and make money. And they don't like that because they want to steal your money. And they want, there's a ruling class, man. And nobody's trying to add people to the ruling class. You know, obviously people want to come in and go out, but they're not trying to have a flood of poor people becoming rich. They're not trying to have a flood of middle class people becoming rich. One, we, let's, let's, let's slowly bring them up. They would rather filter you and, and, and keep their wealth to themselves. So these are some of the things. So just be wary of regulations, man. Regulations, um, you have the, the, it, regulations in and of itself is a positive thing. Like I think rules and regulations help create structure and trust. But the problem is when your regulators are compromised and they basically are paid off by the biggest people in every industry to keep other smaller players out, that's not regulation, that's just manipulation. And it's, it's just stopping you from doing things you want. Like, I, I, you've heard me give this example before in America, like when I was getting older, I was like, why do they let people, as, as people were dying in my family and all around me from cigarette smoke, I was like, why are cigarettes still legal? This is 18, this is 20 years ago, they're still legal. But e-cigarettes are illegal within two years because they encroach on the industry. See what I'm saying? Like, why are cigarettes illegal? They, they just kill people. They have no social benefit. Alcohol just kills people with really no social benefit. Why are these things legal? Why can't I go into a casino and just gamble all my money? You let me go into a casino, you don't have to ask for any financial verification. I could be literally gambling my son's or daughter's education money. Nobody gives a shit. You can ruin your whole life with no... <laughs> With nobody stopping you, but you're going to tell me what exchanges I can take my risk capital and put on? Fuck you. You have no interest in my well-being. You wouldn't allow me to have all these horrible things. The food is horrible. The drugs are horrible. Everything in society that's standard is mediocre to absolutely criminal at, at, you know, at worst. So it's like, all right, this is fine. This is how the society is. I get that you have to mass produce things. Things can't always be top notch. All right, whatever. But... If, this, if it's like this, then you cannot block things like this from people. You cannot block for, there's a reason why there's no Forex brokers in America anymore. What they do is they make these rules and regulations. Like, I'm from New York, the place where you'll see tons of stuff that's available elsewhere is just not available in New York. A uh, good example I gave on a couple podcasts was Toro. Toro's not available in New York. And I don't know exactly why. I could just probably do a search and tell you, but more than likely, uh, Hertz and Avis and all the biggest companies lobbied to get, you know, New York is against the state. They just won't let you in. They just say, oh, it's illegal here. Why? It's just illegal. <laughs> Look, so you want a Toro, you got to go to New Jersey and pick it up. So you see this all throughout America. Um, I'm using the BitMix examples purely because... It's just the latest thing where you see like, wow, this great product, like people invested in Bitcoin and now you have a leveraged derivative, you know, it's like, all right, that's an opportunity. That's all it is. Of course, people can lose, but leave somebody an opportunity to get out. 
and and it's there and they're bashing him they're you know regulating him but at the same time they're building the same thing that they're going to give you so guys keep stay woke man the truth hurts Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Truth Hurts. Today, we're going to be talking about BitMEX. It's a Bitcoin uh, futures derivatives trading platform based out of uh, Africa. The trader is actually from uh, United States and UK and all that area. Um, the, the founder. And uh, more importantly, uh, connected to BitMEX, as I'm going to explain just a scenario that's going on, we're going to talk about the bigger problem and like basically tell them why you're mad. So a lot of times people say, you know, when people are complaining about regulation and all these things, people are not really well informed. Meaning that you, even your sources, where you get your information from, is probably the same people in which people complain from. Also, I doubt that those people have ever made attempts to create things for themselves, nor do they value that. Because if you did, you would have ran into the same thing that anybody that goes on the journey of empowering themselves uh, and doing it for themselves with their own information and systems uh, runs into. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about my algorithm. It's a big part of my life. And one of the biggest things that it's centered around is something that, a uh, few things that was told to me that I should never do. What I learned from trading and many things in life is some of the main things that people warn you, quote unquote, about are the exact places you need to be. The dangers are hyped up. And there are really advantages that you need to just learn information that they won't tell you. Meanwhile, those same people, <laughs> while they're telling you something's dangerous, check their record, check what they're doing. They're usually building platforms, systems, and profit machines around those same tools. So something like uh, BitMEX, which is a derivatives uh, trading platform. Think about it. You want to buy Bitcoin, right? If you want to invest in it, what better way to invest in it than a perpetual futures contract? That's highly levered if you understand it. Like, just be real. It's the reason why it's the second biggest exchange in the world. So if you know, if you really know about this, you know that there's nothing dangerous other than your mind. Your mind, if you want to put on a hundred leverage trade with, uh, with inadequate uh, risk management and inadequate uh, uh, analysis of the of the market, of course you're going to lose your money. Same way you're going to lose your money if you invest in a home that's really a shit home or you invest in a stock that's being pumped on CNBC. So it's all about ignorance and it's all about information and the process of learning, uh, failing and, and repeating and uh, getting better at things. So when you think about it in and of itself, it's a great product, right? But now I challenge you guys. Well, I'll just explain. Rather. As I'm just doing some research today, um, I found a bunch of exchanges. I wanted to know who else has these platforms. Why? Because Coinbase, right? I'm gonna use these guys as the example. Uh, is coming out with a platform to do the exact same thing at 150 times leverage, even worse, in a few weeks. So you say to yourself, wow. So here's the first thing. Know that BitMEX and the four or five other ones I've looked at so far are all banned in the US. Like many things, like Forex trading, see most of the people left in 2012 after Dodd-Frank, because they, what, what America does, they have a nice system here of uh, regulating or, or fining you out of business. Meanwhile, they'll do one of two things, build their own backend stuff, 
that they'll serve you. Or there's usually one tool, this one player who plays quote unquote by the rules and it's just their watchdog and they just collect everything. So they, and they help you knock out every other competitor. Meanwhile, you can do it. So you have to ask yourself if six of these uh, franchises, exchanges, uh, including the biggest one in the world, BitMEX, that does this, uh, is, 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 is banned in the US, not legal. Why is Coinbase legal? Coinbase, because Coinbase agreed two years ago to sell all the information to the IRS. And they're going to do anything the government says and sell you out. And they are the insiders, right? The people that don't mind not protecting your privacy, not even, uh, especially in the crypto space. I think like just the nature of the space of people just want to be left alone. You know, they'll try to tell you they're criminals. But more importantly, these are just people who understand things and they just want, they'll take response. These are not people that call and file complaints with the SEC and stuff like that. These people take responsibility for their stuff. They learn from their mistakes and they make moves that are hopefully in their best interest. So what's happening now, I look and I see six exchanges all banned in the U.S. I say, good old USA, the land of the free where you can make the choices for yourself, right? <laughs> what I know as a 10-year vet of this is... When, this product is insane. It's a reason why it's, why it's trading $2.5 billion a day at one exchange, BitMEX. It's an insane product. And if you understand anything about Bitcoin, anything about markets, you'll say, wait a second, this is an insane opportunity. I'm like, I'm literally sitting here like, how, how do I want to invest in Bitcoin? Where do I want to acquire my Bitcoin? All right, I have Bitcoin, send Bitcoin there, make a ton of Bitcoin off my trading and then send it back to my hard wallet and I can accumulate a lot of Bitcoin and make money like three ways. So, all right, you just see my, that's my mind working right now. Ultimately, do I not have the right to do that? Well, here in the good old US of A, you have to go and go to other countries, do all sorts of things, jump through hoops, or you play with the one person that, that, they, that they've allowed uh, to let you play with. And it's usually set up in a system where you can't win or you're not gonna win like this other thing. What this guy out there has done, with BitMEX is literally, he's like, he worked inside City and Deutsche Banks. He was a high frequency and derivatives trader. So he had, he understands platforms, the derivatives platform, uh, the metrics and risk factors around derivatives, how they can blow up, how they remain stable. He understands the process and more importantly, he understands the platform. That platform, when you look at the BitMEX platform, if you're a trader or have any uh, experience with this, you're gonna say, wow, this it, the platform is gonna feel uh, identical or up there with something you would expect at a high level uh, a trading firm or something like that. Like you say, or well, what are the people at Renaissance or Goldman Sachs using a, on a trading desk? Uh, derivatives trader, right? Uh, what kind of what kind of platform? This guy basically replicated that platform and just gave it to the whole world and said, "Here, trade on my trade on my exchange." And oh, that's dangerous. It's dangerous. You know what? No more dangerous than a thousand things I could I could admit. Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, tell you guys about right now. But that's what he's effectively done. He's, he's taken that information and he's given that to the world. So as you go through the platform and you look at it, it's actually so informative. Any Every little spot has a little uh, question mark that explains exactly what you're gonna do. It's gonna say, uh, this. it explains the order better than any brokerage, retail brokerage definitely, that I've ever seen. Telling you if, if you place an order, right? let's say stop limit or stop market order, it's gonna tell you uh, at this price, 
this contract is saying buy 60 contracts of this at this price or above after this your account will be this it literally tells you because there's a test net anybody can use anybody use the test net but you can't use the real platform if you're in the u.s so as i'm on the platform i'm like wow this platform is extremely informative and it's so it's it's like a complex platform that's so simplified as i can tell it's a trade made it by a trader so now the, the, the numbers of performance are going to be identical to everywhere else. 10%, 5% of people are going to make all the money. Most people are going to lose. But now, if you actually become a winning trader, which is a hard, arduous process in and of itself, if you actually get to that point, then you say, wow, this is a place I can make money. This is a place I can get richer faster. All right. So now you say, why would in the good old US of A, I would not be allowed to use this? Why would they make these types of things so hard to where people can't open their companies and do business here or just make them flat out illegal? Now, they have one watchdog. So this time it's Coinbase, right? Coinbase, like I said, they, they, these are not the guy. These are the guys saying, you know what? For something to work, you need to be with the regulators, right? For something, you know, these regulators that we have all this trust in that for some reason, like, especially in finance, like after 2008, people talk about regulation. Do you think those regulators and those high finance guys did not know that housing prices would never would, 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 would stop going up forever? Come on, be fucking serious. Of course they knew that. Anybody who financial information, once you were one, two, three years into this, you know that those type of things are insane. That's why tons of people got rich when that happened, as well as the, the, the regular people that just got that lost a lot of money. So there are regulators all over that. Nobody touches it. Same way nobody touched Bernie Madoff or nobody's going to touch anybody when they're powerful and at the top of the thing and connected. So these agencies, I just hope, actually, I don't hope any of you guys have problems like this, but if you ever have a problem that's serious and you write all these agencies as a normal person, you'll see that every agency is in cahoots with each other and they will do absolutely nothing if you don't have any leverage or social clout to do anything. You can call from the from all the way up to the DOJ and feds to any financial institution to your attorney general to your BBB to any of it it's all fluff now it puts a little bit of pressure it tells people you know do the right thing a little check not saying they won't call or whatever but it's generally fruitless and it's not effective in terms of curbing the behaviors and mind you you these these are the people regulated by the, you know, uh, these these uh, companies or agencies are usually the ones that are you know regulated. So you're going to the regulators, and once there's nothing uh, to be done there, you realize there's nobody to help you. So then, what happens is you realize, wait a second, nobody's ever here to help me. That's fine. All right, so just leave me alone. Let me make my own decisions. But no, you have to follow the track record of what this game is really about. So these tools and these products, you have to understand, they're people that are wealthy. Part of being wealthy is just understanding systems and understanding your discipline of how to manage your mind, yourself, your actions, your beliefs, all these things. A big part of it also is the information. That information, however you got it, you acquired it, you have it. When you have that information, you can apply that information. A second part of it is keeping as many people from having this information as possible so your areas of profit don't get uh, oversaturated, right? And uh, you know, we know what saturation is. If there's one and there's a hundred, if there's one bit and a hundred bits of space, you have a lot of room, a lot of profit opportunity. If there's a, a, a 75 and then 100 bits of space, you have 75 people that can only move 25 spaces. So we get the, in theory why people think like this, but it plays out in society in a very deceptive way through the guys, the same two principles, how they control humans, greed and fear. So the greed will have you interested in these things, right? The fear 
is through regulation and what will these doomsday scenarios that they put for you that that will take you out of it. So it's this guise of protecting you. But anybody with common sense and has actually taken the time, effort, and resources to go down these avenues, you'll learn very quickly that uh, the things that you're telling me, the things you're banning, are actually good for me. So I've given this example before, but in case you guys didn't hear that podcast, it's very relative to what we're talking about today. So I'm going to give the example. I'm going to give about three examples of this in society. So first is is uh, 2000, the dot-com era. In the, in the dot-com era, all those tech companies came out. They started going up. It was like maybe a year and a half a bull run or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, basically, in those times, you don't need to be a stock market genius. You can literally buy something, buy whatever. If the market was going down in a strong bear market, you could just sell things and buy them back. The point is, everybody was making money, right? So now you have plumbers, people uh, that realize, wait a second, this is not that hard, and they were changing their lives. So now, right after that run, yeah, some people lost money at the end. Everybody, every bubble burst, and somebody's gonna be left hanging. But everybody doesn't get left hanging, and 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 and. Does, is it is it worth taking away the whole opportunity if like millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people became rich <laughs> and a few people, like if, if something made 600,000 people rich and 40,000 people poor, I'm sorry, that's a good process, that's a, that's a good process, you know? So this dot-com era comes out, people get rich and what happens, I, I can guarantee you without guaranteeing you <laughs> that there was a meeting in a back door somewhere with these people, big people with money, with regulators, that's the connection in society, what keeps you out, that says, hey, no, no, no. We don't want people that don't already have the money doing this. So now they made a rule, day trader rule, you could not trade in and out of stocks, meaning that in the same day, you could not buy Apple and then sell it, buy it, sell it, buy it, sell it like that when you see things happening or you, your algorithm sees things happening more than four times in a five-day period. So he's like, all right, let me quantify risk for you guys. Risk. And just in the simplest form, how long you have to be in a market. A market is going to move further, presumably, the longer you're in it, right? So if you look at the time frame uh, range of 10 seconds versus the time uh, versus the range of a day, right? There's clearly more risk holding something the whole day than in 10 seconds. There's probably an absolute maximum that's way lower than the absolute maximum uh, of range, right? How far it's moved, up or down, down or up, within a 10-second period as opposed to a one-day period. So I think we can all conceptualize that maybe a big part of risk Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it here. I just want to set an email address for you guys in case you want to get in contact with any comments, suggestions, feedback, positive or negative. Anything that's not gross or disrespectful is more than welcomed here at the podcast because we just want to push progress and think forward. That email address is podcast at gmail.com. Once again, podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's T-T-H-B-L-K podcast at gmail.com. Basically, it's the truth hurts, but lies kills uh, podcast, and it's just abbreviated. So the whole title of the podcast is abbreviated, uh, put into six different letters, followed by the word podcast as one long word, right? T-T-H-B-L-K podcast at gmail.com. Please get in contact. Don't hesitate. Anything you can think of, suggestions, other podcasts, anything that you feel is relevant, trust me, we will look at it, we will engage, and uh, we will push the agenda forward. Thanks a lot, guys.